In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh, and with me, as always, is my uh, my Valentine, my comic book love interest, the one, the only. Every spider has its web. Looks like <laughs> Peter Parker's gonna wed. Travis Rats here. <laughs> All right, Travis and I uh, are bringing you the Comic Exposure Podcast, where we dive deep into graphic novels or trades, or you get an episode like this one, a variant edition, uh, where Travis and I talk about comic book stuff. Maybe yeah. we talk about what we've been reading. We talk about what we've been watching. On this very special Valentine's episode, though, it was Valentine's Day. Warm your warm the cockles of your heart. This episode, Travis and I are talking comic book love stories. Mm. And we even did a little extra reading for this episode. We read two... What I would say, uh, choice, if you go online, like Travis and I did, to go, what are the best wedding stories in all of comic bookdom? These two are in the running for, for, for them. And, and we went back in time. And one of those books we read was the uh, 1987 giant-sized annual The Amazing Spider-Man, where Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson wed. And we read the wedding issue of X-Men, where Jean Grey and Mark Summers, Mark Summers, yes, Cyclops, get get married. Scott get married. Summers, Scott Summers, Mark Summers was the guy who did from Double, Double Dare. <laughs> <laughs> I love that uh, till death uh, do his part, and then Gat, <laughs> shove your the ring is inside this giant nose, so <laughs> this giant nose to find the aggro crag. Wow, look at that ring! It's the size of the aggro crag. If you can get a piece of the aggro crag, uh, but I digress. Um, so Travis, let's <laughs> let's talk about what prompted. Let's talk this. about love, baby. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about love. Let's talk about you and me. Um, so we decided to have some fun this episode and talk about the idea of comic book love stories, comic book love. In particular, and then we talk, we're gonna yeah we're gonna do it. Yeah, we narrowed in. We zoomed in even more specifically on comic book weddings. Comic now, book you're looking at me like, is that only what we're talking about? I'm going to say, let's try. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way we're only going to. So and like, these are both slices of time. This is a, a one comic book from the eighties, one comic book from the nineties. And uh, it is a really interesting to see how very different these two wedding stories are, but also how similar they are uh, yeah i think yeah <laughs> yeah but but they tell you this so let's 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 just talk about the idea of a of a comic book wedding travis why is the trope of a comic book wedding so important why is it a thing that happens why do you think it exists in comics well i, I read a couple uh, i did a, a little extra uh, reading for this and so i i kind of snagged some things that aren't necessarily in this reading but are in, in several of the weddings one like it's the ultimate crossover issue, right? It's it's getting characters that we haven't seen in a while or from different books 
to show up at your wedding. They're wedding guests, right? So you get yeah. to see characters, talk to characters they normally wouldn't uh, discuss. Two, oftentimes in these books, there is that running romance that sometimes has been running and running and running for decades, decades. Yeah. And you're like, one, I think one of those things is we always talk about it's always the second act, right? Comics yeah. are always the second act, so you don't have a lot of those moments where it feels like, hey, I stuck with this, and there's a payoff, right? There's an right. end to something. And I'm not saying a wedding is an end, unless you're a guy. Um, and there is this sense of, hey, I stuck with it, and now I have this special kind of thing right. that yeah. I understand that, and it feels like we're moving forward. It feels like the book is maturing, not in like a, I'm getting more adult, but more like, hey, it's it's Time growing. is actually passing. Yeah, time is actually right? passing. So that would be a big one for me, I would say, that why wedding issues exist. Well, I also think it gives you, it also gives you a moment. It changes, it gives you a change for the character and it lets you tell some different stories, right? So it gives so, you a, a, a what? It gives you change for uh, the character. A moment? A moment. I'm hanging one. by a moment here. Oh, I was doing one you. moment. I was one moment in time. That was what I was going to do. Oh, okay. But I, <laughs> one moment in time. We did not sync uh, up on that moment. No, we did not. No, that's okay. So I, for me, it really ends up being this thing where how do we move into being able to tell a different story, right? Peter Parker has been sort of the down on his luck, can't pay his rent kid forever, who's trying to juggle his his romance uh but now we have to go okay she knows who he is she knows what's going on mary jane understands we can take the uncertainty of love out of his life now let's play with how how is how do you make peter parker married that's a good point right? and you know what in both of them too and it, this goes links back perfectly to what i was saying about maturing in a way of like an actual adulthood it's mentioned, yeah. well, it's directly mentioned in the X-Men one, but it's a sense of like, hey, are these wedding episodes like a disembarkment from like, these are teen characters. Now they're adult characters. Right. And we know that because they're, they're married. married. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does. It, it lets you move that. It lets you actually. So comic books are a thing where you're playing. It's very Groundhog's Day, right? You're living in maybe three years of a character's lives over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Like the Simpsons, Bart and Lisa are always kids. They're always in whatever grade. You're never going to move them into junior high because Except then, for that one episode where they saw them in the future. <clears throat> right. But you can't tell the same, like, so comic books, these are things where you go, okay, we're going to kind of keep, we're going to keep this thing. But instead of these three years over and over again, we're going to tick the clock and we're going to move it to these three years over and over again. Right. So, okay, now he's married. Now let's tell stories around these first years of them being married and what yeah. is it like and to be married. And we know ultimately that marriage is going to dissolve or come back and forth. I mean, maybe the maybe the most married a couple has been is Reed and, <laughs> and Sue, but even that's yeah. had their ups and downs. Right. So I mean, let's let's just dive into uh both of these both of these stories and the idea of what we get in these weddings because I think that they take the wedding from a very the act of the wedding the end of it is very similar. Okay. But the feelings of the characters during it, very different. 
let's let's let's, let's talk, talk about let's talk about, about Spider Man. So Spider Man yes! first. Okay, let's so talk about Spider-Man. so so Spider Man. It takes place like I don't know. I want to say like the like a week before the wedding. Here's yeah. here's the one thing about the Spider Man book right off the bat. These two should not get married. No, they, they should, should not. not get married. They are vacillating back and forth in such extreme ways. One, they do not live together, Josh. They right. do not. They do not live together before they're. Well, they're this is 1987, married. bud. They can't live together. But it's not 1957. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a comic book in that's 1987 true. that's right? true right um and they are vacillating so much so at, at the beginning we we we, we see P- peter and peter's worried like hey you know like mary jane's got a kind of different lifestyle than me she's used to like luxury and partying and stuff like that and, and i'm, I'm just poor. That, and, I, and i'm poor right um and and then um he's then he's also battling with like ah, oh, you know but i kind of still love gwen and other characters like the secretary <laughs> Right, like, I almost married her. Yeah, I almost right? married her. And then, meanwhile, you have Mary Jane, uh, who you, you at first you think is just going to be like a uh, a plot point to make Peter more insecure because she's there's a guy who's kind of pursuing her, like jokingly being like, "Are you sure you want to marry Peter?" And you're like, "Ooh, this is going to make Peter jealous and more insecure." But that's not even it. It's like she's considering it. Yeah. She's like, I'm thinking, you know what? I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go with him. Should I go do it? I think I should go do it. Yeah. And then like she goes to it. She goes out to her. I think the funnest thing is like the difference between their like their parties, right? Yeah. Like his bachelor party and her bachelorette party are so vastly different. Like hers is like, like this giant thing. And everybody's like, oh, Mary Jane, you're so wild. And she's like, that's because I'm Mary Jane. Mary Jane Watson, right? And she's like, she's like, I'm having a party. And, and, and Peter's is at like, a coffee shop. <laughs> Yeah, like with with like only two other dudes, right? And so it is this. It it you're right. These two should not get married, especially. But they make the right choice at the end. I don't know how to explain that. The entire time I'm going, oof, they shouldn't get married because like there's a second. There's almost every second where she goes like, yeah, I'm gonna get in his car. I'm gonna go with him. And then she's like, never mind. I did that. Not a good idea. She hops in the car, gets a ride from him somewhere. And then all of a sudden, she's like, "Oh, I've got these tickets to the to Mallorca or whatever the tickets are for." Yeah, if 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 there wasn't a wedding on the cover, and I didn't know from history that these two were are, are were are married characters, I would never have guessed that that is actually going to end in a wedding, <laughs> right? <laughs> I love like it. Just seems like both of them continually like he has a whole dream sequence. Where like Uncle Ben is there. I thought and, that was a cool like, way of bringing in the villains into it because, right. uh, I, like the Fantastic Four wedding episode that I that I read, it was like vil- all the villains attack. And <laughs> I think as a writer, it's really be like, oh, we got all the heroes in one place. Let's ruin their big day, but then they'll win. And this wasn't about yeah. that. So how do I how do I get villains in action into a large Spider-Man book where we're just talking about marriage? Right. It's just, it seemed like such a, I didn't read it, but I want to go. It says like, go read Spider, Spectacular Spider-Man for their honeymoon week. I kind of want to go read that oh, issue. Oh, actually more interested what, in their honeymoon than, than, yeah. yeah. Cause they, they, they even, they come back and there was like a, like a little sexual innuendo in there about yeah. like, oh, now we can, we can, well, what do you think we were going to do? Relax yeah, and, or something like that. Yeah, like know? Peter Parker has the most tightest white t-shirt on yeah, ever yeah, yeah. with his jeans. Like they don't make shirts like that. That is not a thing that that exists in 1987, but he's he's got them on. But it felt very much like 
it felt so weird because Peter is talking about how like I couldn't keep Mar- I couldn't keep Gwen Stacy safe. I'm still hung up on that. He dreams about Mary Jane being in danger. He is like, oh, I almost had this love interest with this one. Um, and it's always like, I want to keep someone safe. And then on the other side of it, it feels so, the stories are so incongruous, incongruous. Like he's worried about being able to keep Mary Jane safe. And Mary Jane's like, mm, I can have fun. It seems like such yeah. a weird thing that he's struggling with versus what she's struggling with. And at the end, they're like, they both come to the realization. He's like, no, she's still with me. She still loves me, even though she could die from a, from a villain killing her. And then she's like, I love him because he's Peter and I can, it's fine. And it was just this weird, <laughs> like this none, of, their, weird none of, of their problems were solved. Like as far no. as that, they just like came to a conclusion off screen that yeah. they're going to get married. Which is a very like 80s comic book thing to do. A very Marvel sort of like. Uh, but I felt it's also this... a bullpen of of like middle aged white guys writing this <laughs> right quote unquote romantic issue, which is not romantic at all, <laughs> right? It's like let's let's make her a party animal who definitely has such better options out there, but for some reason, because we're all schleppy Spider Man, she she ends up with well, us. You saw, right? you talked about him in that shirt, so I mean yes. she's getting something well, out of this deal. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, it's it's, it's kind of cool, though, because she knows that he's Spider-Man. It's not like, right. oh, if I get married, I'm going to have to reveal the truth, which I think would have, if they had kept that until the marriage, that would have been a fun, that would have been what the issue's about, right? Like, right. how can I have this marriage without her knowing who I am? So she's right. m- married, she's going to be marrying, like, the the superhero in her age group, like, the, the yeah. king of New York, who's also very good looking and super loyal, uh, and yeah. protective, like she's got a, herself a catch. Mary Jane's got herself she does. a catch. She does. Mary Jane has a catch, and and you know, you know, Tiger, it's okay. Like like he he, he it's not like it's not like Peter Parker's getting the raw end of the deal in this one either, right? No, no, <laughs> like, no. Uh, no. So let's. Mary Jane knows. It feels like she knows how to keep Peter's attention and and works yeah. at it. Um, one of my favorite things in this is the Jay Jonah stuff that's happening. <laughs> it is pretty great. So uh, it's it's you know Jay Jonah, of course, obviously is always giving Peter shit and like kind of uh, this you know mentor i don't even say mentor figure but just kind of like this ball buster man in his life like one of his pseudo father figures yeah and instead of giving uh you know their their they the the office uh at the daily bugle they pull together a bunch of wedding money for for peter and uh jay jonah comes in and he goes hey and peter's like hey jay i know this is they probably didn't run this by you i you don't have to give me this money he goes no absolutely you can give them money and then he turns away he goes I want everyone's Jay Jonah's like I want every name in this room so that way I can make sure that no one who's not here doesn't get docked there, right? <laughs> and then you're like, well, that's kind of sweet, JJ. But then you realize the Daily Bugle sponsors the reception. Yeah, which I feel like is way above and beyond for a part-time photographer. Right, but he's beloved part-time phot- photographer Peter Parker. Everybody, everybody loves him at the at the Bugle. Everybody. He's he's like, you know, he's like a freelance photographer, but somehow everybody in that building knows him. And they're so excited for his wedding, but none of them come to his bachelor party. Just That's Harry, true. just Harry Osborne, just his villains and Flash. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, So let's jump to the 90s 
where we get the X-Men wedding. And this takes place. This one came out in 1994, <coughs> 1994, Travis Ratz. Uh, and holy goodness, is it incredibly 90s looking back to front. Can we talk about that opens up with uh, a letter from from Wolverine? And can we talk about how that is not Wolverine's handwriting? handwriting. Not, not that is not Wolverine. Wolverine. If Wolverine does not have that beautiful cursive script it does yeah. not happen i'm i would question if wolverine is actually even literate <laughs> hey, he is he probably is probably he's had not. his brain wiped so many times and back and forth <laughs> you're gonna lose some things in there probably probably Maybe canadians just like no matter if you're like a gruff guy like you just have beautiful script maybe it's the maybe yeah. they learn it in grade the school queen's english just, the queen's english in grade school um let's just let's just talk about how this wedding issue um i i think i own this issue by the way somewhere I, in my long boxes i love how the narration you think it's like it's all professor x mm-hmm. like he knows everybody's thoughts and he reads them and he, how they're feeling and it is fantastically it was so touching cheesy no i thought it was so and, yeah it beautiful. is touching but t- i like I, this is an aside really quick uh the next person who takes over x-men and gets that book all the narration needs to be professor x yeah as he's watching them on their missions yeah that really should be a trope where it's always him narrating well i think i think we didn't we get that in x-men utopia or whatever it is like he was one of those books one of those relaunches we did a couple years ago and we loved it so much and i think the narrator was primarily xavier as he was talking about that new world wasn't it yeah and uh, you're right. yeah he's he's good he's he's the voice of the x men as he should be right um but i mean the, and we just talked like the fashion in this love it is so wonderfully 90s jean gray's dress with the not a veil but a hood like mm. she's wearing a like a draped hood around her head is wonderfully. I mean, ridiculous. It's, it's, you know, it's these '90s artists. They can. Her, they're not. They're not drawing daughter, veils. They're drawing po- her, pouches and hoods. Her daughter from the future has this giant, this giant bow thing. Across. Rachel, yeah, and oh, and man. that's like a like a big part of it. She's in quite a bit, and you're like, oh, that that's like when you invite someone to your wedding that you knew for like the last like five months. Uh, and like maybe a new coworker or something like that. So you invite them uh, to your wedding, but then like years later, they've abandoned. And you're looking at photos. You're like, this person's in a lot of photos, and we never yeah. talked to them after we that wedding at all. Um, it was, I think, this is a much more sweeter wedding tale, right? It still has well, the it's all of, at the wedding too, you know. As right, it takes Spider-Man, place on yeah. one day. You don't get the sort of like, should I do this? Shouldn't I do this sort of thing? But you do get the like surrounding tale of how everybody's feeling and how, uh, how you know, um, Professor X, you know, these are his kids, mm-hmm. right? He talks about how like, oh, they were once all my students and now look at them. They're falling in love. <laughs> the, I mean, I, I'm getting, I getting this, I'm getting this tired just think, rethinking about it. But when they're tying the tie, that classic trope of like, yes, tie ties, right? And none of these X-Men can tie, no, tie not tie. even Beast, not even Beast, who's like a rocket scientist. Uh, well, now his hands are too big and furry. He that's can't, true. He used oh, that's to be able point. to do it. That's a good now point. Now he does. He can't tie. No, no, no. Giant it's, it's Angel. Not even Archangel. Like the Playboy debutante 
not debutante, Playboy on there, he makes something like, oh, aren't they all clip-on? I'm like, no, they're not. He's Warner Worthington or whatever it is. He knows yeah. how to tie a bow tie. And then Professor uh, X comes in. And, he uses his brain, man. And he uses his brain to tie the tie, and it's and he syncs it up to like them not needing him anymore, but still needing him. Oh, right. Come on. It's very, it's very great. And it also gives you, I mean, what do the X-Men do wonderfully? They let you see a vignette of every single character somehow in it. You've got Rogue catching the bouquet and uh and Gambit, then the garter got, belt. Gar- yeah, and Gambit's like, oh mon ami, <laughs> right? Like, and he catches the belt. Well, his like other hand is smoking with, you know, his powers. Uh, you didn't think I'd this, give anyone else the chance, uh, little lady, did you? Like, just great. Well, so cheesy. This is the way you do. This is a better way to do a wedding episode. Focus it all on the wedding day itself. And, yes. And because it is, I mean, it's like if you're gonna do a wedding episode, like that's a big moment. It's Scott, Scott and Gina getting married. Yeah. Gosh, this is a big deal. It is Let's not do like 15 pages of leading up to it. In fact, Josh, we'll talk about this later. There was actually a side issue to this, which is the first one I read called The Wedding Album, which is Jubilee reading Jean Grey's diary on her wedding day. And it is God awful. (laughs) Kind of want to read it, though. Kind of want to read it, though. Um, I think that one one of the other things that is funny is like they're having this wedding in like like no one knows they're X-Men somehow because Professor X is like, oh, I got to get out of the yellow floating chair and use a real no, wheelchair. Hey, Gene, not everyone knows who we are. Someone, someone's going to be suspicious. There's a dude, a big furry dude, a blue guy. Strong uh, guy's a, there. A giant strong guy. Like all of these people and like the weather is perfect. And they're like, oh, thanks, Storm. You gave us the best day ever. <laughs> And then, like, Rogue does a giant flip in the air to catch the bouquet. And, but no, Professor X can't use his floaty yellow chair. We can't do that. I, I get it, though. I mean, <laughs> you know how, like, you have a few cocktails and then you're like, oh, I forgot. I shouldn't have said that that thing or whatever it is. I'm sure when you're a mutant and you're trying to hide your powers, you get a few pops in you. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, shit. I'm so used to just kind of flying up on things that I, yeah. I didn't realize I was backflipping eight times to catch the bouquet. <laughs> I'm going to, the one thing I missed though, I needed Logan. I know that he's not there. He's off finding himself, but I really, I would have liked to see him stewing in the corner. Like, but you couldn't make this a Logan issue. Although it's bookended by Logan on both sides of the, of the issue, right? It ends with, it starts with him and it ends with him. If this Um, is, this is early enough. I I don't know if Wolverine, this must've just been when Wolverine's individual series was starting or restarting again. And, and back, back, in 94 is when they really started breaking the books off of continuity. So you could have like the same character in multiple books, you know? Yeah. Uh, but before that, it was very much like, hey, if this person's off doing this adventure, they can't yeah. be in this book. It would have been cool to, if there is that Wolverine monthly equivalent to that book. to like, Is he talking about it? Is he yeah, talking about it? Or maybe it? he is there and we just yeah. didn't see him in the X-Men book, but he's, you yeah. know. Um, I do like the sort of like, it ends though, like, Okay, we can't we can't just do a story where nothing leads to the next issue. Like at the end, he opens a thing, and Moira is like, "Charles, we were right. Cable holds the secret, right?" And then and Cable's been there, and there's been it's just like just kind of wandering around. There wasn't like a like a hey, Cable, what's going on? Like uh, you seem very stoic today. Well, I yeah. got some stuff happening in my life. 
there's some things going on. Sabretooth is there getting all grumpy out in the woods. And some, for some reason, he's wearing a big mask. I think that's... Is that Sabretooth? I, I couldn't figure I out who that was. I guess he has metal hands, but maybe it's not Sabretooth. I don't know. This is a thing. Half of these X-Men in here, I'm like, oh, that's Domino. I know it's Domino because she's got the black thing on her eye. But then I was like, who's the green one again? I can't remember yeah. who the green haired one is. Like, I Hilarious. wasn't reading... I wasn't reading X-Men enough to be able to pick them all out in the crowd. And the other part is when they don't have their suits on, who the hell are they? Right? Like that's like, but this was a completely different wedding episode, but I loved the sort of like, it's the wedding day. Let's just focus in on the day. Now, In the bullpen, when they're writing this, how many, uh, uh, how many wedding songs were thrown out before they decided on you two one as Scott and Jean's I... wedding song? Do you think everyone a, in the in the bullpen was like, no, let's do this? And like, no, we can't do that. We gotta do this. It felt so product placement-y mm -hmm. that I couldn't like, you know, like all of a sudden you have U2 on your iPhone and you don't know why it's there. Yeah, like, yeah. that's that's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah. Or or someone was just really into U2 and they're like, what are they? Or someone was like, my daughter loves the I, you loves the U2. Yeah. What are the kids into? Yeah. Right? Or like they looked at the billboard list and they're like, what's the number one romantic song right now? Yeah. But um, it, it must have, that must have, you, when did U2's the one, uh, a one come out? Because I, I wonder no, if I it was love... like, it's their wedding song, but the song had only been released for like three months. And you're like, right? how could this be a part of your relationship? How does that happen? Um, I also just love how like wedding tropey it is. Like there is the, the bouquet scene there is the the um the garter scene the gene shoves cake and was there a cyclops cake scene? i don't face. remember the yeah, cake it's, scene. it's, okay. it's one it's Snapchat. one panel okay fair, fair. and she's shoving in his face and oh no she accidentally knocks his glasses off and she burns her to death and he burns her to death like, like it was just a it, it is so tropey <laughs> of of weddings uh <clears throat> it felt it felt great and i just love like there's a scene where like they're smooching and then it's Cable and Rachel off to the side, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, the kids are there the watching future them. Kids. How, Odd. Future, future kids, strange. How how bizarre is that that your kids are how at bizarre. your wedding? How bizarre. How bizarre. That's bizarre. what it should have been that the wedding should, song. That should be the wedding song, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, brim full of ashes from my optic eyes. There's a brim full of ashes from my optic eyes. Because uh, so, we know after this, I read one of my favorite things, I have to reread it, was like this little mini, it was called, uh, uh, it's when Scott and Jean... Uh, sinister on their honeymoon like throws them into the future and all that stuff happens um and they're kind of it's a future of apocalypse and apocalypse is there great i remember it being a great kind of standalone like five or six issues yeah. um and so you're like man this couple is knowing what this couple goes through yeah and the eventual breakups and 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 love triangles and things like that it's nice to see them have a day josh Right, right. They deserve they deserve something for just for, for just each other. Um, but I like so let's let's talk about romance and comic books. Let, let, I mean, we we talked about these two issues and we talked about the wedding issue and what it gives us. But let's talk about. I mean, the X Men is the perfect vehicle for romance, right? In if you think of all superhero comics, let's just like the vehicle for these type of stories is the X Men. Why is the X why is the X-Men the perfect book for romance, Travis? Well, have you ever did you ever you didn't live in the dorms in college, did you? Like for four months. Okay. Well not very long. It's it's great because we have a uh, a mansion with a bunch <laughs> of young, beautiful people. And 
we put them all together so they can't really like just go away or do their own thing. And all their yeah. lives are this thing. So you can't like, they're all focused on this vision. They all fight in the danger room. They all go to these things. They all sleep in the same mansion. They all go to the same classes. They all do that stuff. So they are forced to interact with each other. Right. And so it just creates this sense of like, if you spend that much time with someone, you will develop a relationship of some kind with them. And some of those relationships will be romantic relationships and some of them won't work. But in that pool there, so there's that drama, there's that soap opera right. in this because, you know, it's, it's, it's a house of love and everything. I mean, this is what they base all those like love reality shows off. Let's put them on an island. <laughs> Let's put them in yeah. a mansion. Let's put them on a yacht and like not let them leave. Eventually yeah. they're going to hook up and not hook up. Right. That, I mean, it feels like, I mean, what is, I mean, if you go back and read those Claremont, you know, X-Men, it's all romance, right? It's all soapy. It's very like, I mean, that's why X-Men has this convoluted, you know, um, uh, there's so many characters that the sort of, um, why can't I think of the word? The, the continuity, the continuity is so all over the place because you're telling these sort of cyclical, incestuous, lovey stories over and over and over again with different people and different pairings and all of these things. And uh, it is the perfect comic for romance. And in fact, like an issue like this where there's no conflict are the best doesn't doesn't feel weird. No, right? I, sometimes let we're him, at the beach. Sometimes well, you let them like, go play some volleyball. There should be more. Some it baseball. Should, there should be like uh, someone's, uh, you know, uh, bar mitzvah. You know, I want. I kind of want to write the. I want kind of want to write the X Men book that's between missions. Like there are no missions in any of the. Every issue is like, oh man, I can't believe we just beat Sinister. And like, like, like the after out. show, like the, you know, yeah. they have like Walking Dead, then Talking yeah. Dead. Uh, yeah. you, you'd be like the the Talking X Men, talking. Yeah, I just I want the in between the missions book. Yeah, where it's just them like, hanging out in the mansion, and they're talking who's, about like like Leo, who's you know got how, chores this yeah. week, right? You know how when you play soccer, like your shin guards stink. Imagine like your spandex after fighting Magneto for like six hours. Yeah, like and they're talking about like oh my god we gotta get more of these and then how do you how do you get talk about the how budget. do you get how do you get sinister blood off of your leotard how do you do that you don't right? like you don't is That's, it you gotta scrub you gotta get a new one do I have to like who makes their costumes right is there an is there an X Men who's <gasps> the, the seamstress yeah Scrubs that's what they should call him like his his name is Scrubs and what he's yeah he's like soapy hands <laughs> get everything they clean. have brillos and like that's all he does <laughs> but. And if you look at it, it's it's a huge investment to that team. Im- yeah, important Dude, piece. I think we just I think we just came up with the next <laughs> character. Scrubs uh, not played hard. by Zach Braff. He would be a great. Yeah, Zach Braff. Oh man, that'd have been great. Um, so I like <laughs> romance is such a funny thing because these are stories. I mean, we these are stories written for children or written to at least be able to appeal to children and adults at the same time. Right. I mean, in, in the year 2023, there's not a lot of kids going and buying X-Men comics anymore. Right. But in 94, we had, you had to be able to do both. You had to sell the comic book to me and you, but you also had to be able to sell it to the guy who'd been reading X-Men for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you have to kind of play this line where you have to give adult things, but also make them palatable for kids. Well, yeah, right? I, and going on on that direction, I 
Yeah, as I was thinking about this, and I guess we, we you know, of course, what came into our head is like, well, I was like, we could just talk about like one of the best co- comic couples of all comic history. But I'm like, ah, people have done that, I'm sure. And, but I started thinking about him. I started going through my list, and I'm like, you know, not only are these like my favorite couples, but these are like the love parts of those stories are like my favorite parts of those stories. Like Jesse and Tulip, or yep. uh, uh, Agent uh, 355 and, and uh, Yorick, or um uh in saga you know uh yeah and and i think that yeah it, it helps get the older readers but i also think it keeps the younger readers for longer because it's harder to say it's just kids stuff when it's like oh right. peter parker got married like kids don't get married yeah. like it's not right you know you're, you're you're creating i mean it i mean what is the romance if not creating tension throughout right because now that they're married you know now that peter's married you get to tell stories where you know, his decisions and what they mean for his marriage. Now that Gene and Cyclops are married, like the love triangle aspect between Logan and them becomes even more serious, right? Right. Because before we ain't married, right? What does it matter? The two of you aren't married. Now it matters a little more. Well, and yeah, and then also a lot of ways too, like we were talking about, it gives us that sense of change in a a medium that doesn't change. Uh, It's, oh, this is, oh, this issue is from those two years where those two were going out, you know? Yeah. There are some things that are like, have been constant, it seems like, like Rogue and Gambit, which is yeah. kind of fun to see how there are some couples that are just like, that's sacred. Like, right. we can make, we can break them up. They can maybe see something, but we know that it's not going to be. Yeah. So I, if, if we think about this idea, let, let, oh man, I just had it and I lost it. So Sorry. we, we talk about these relationships and, and, and people being together and all of these things. Um, what do you like when we talk about romance in comic books? What does it do right? What does it do wrong? What do you wish you were seeing? Because now, I mean, we talk about this changing of time. Superman and Lois are married and they have a kid. That's like going on in the Superman series right now, right? Like they're married, they have children, they're living on a farm somewhere, dealing with that. You have, we just had Batman and Catwoman almost get married. Why Why do you think that this is such a thing that we do over and over again in comics? Aside from moving the needle, what do you think it allows the readers, you and I, uh, to experience or be a part of because we, we push this romance? Well, I think, I think romance is always a part of comics, too, in a way, because, you know, we're never going to be able to fly. We're not going to be, you know optic blast out of our eyes but one of the things that we can definitely see ourselves in in the superhero is their romantic trial yeah right the oh you know like saying the wrong thing and getting the cold shoulder uh missing an important event uh for them because you're busy doing something else prioritizing that or not prioritizing relationship and the results of that like um, choosing your work over your love right how do you make that happen yeah so it's it's I think it, it's not romance isn't the only thing it, our entree yeah. into that world, but it is a key one where it doesn't matter, you know, who you are. You can you you maybe your parents weren't killed in crime alley, or maybe you're not even an orphan. Maybe you have no discipline, and, and yeah, so you came see like, well, I, I, I'm not like a kung fu fighter, but I'm a great chess player, and I understand Batman's discipline. Maybe you don't even have that, right? But right? Maybe you've you know, fall in love with someone or, or fell who you shouldn't have fallen dated someone. who you shouldn't have fallen in love with. Right. Let me ask you a question, like, Josh. Have you yeah. ever fallen in love with a girl you shouldn't have fallen in love with? Yeah. 
Have you ever fallen in love with someone? Yeah. So, I when I think of like, I I think what it does, you're right. I think you you hit it on the head. It, It lets you, it lets you know that these people go through the similar things that you go through. It's not just. How do I defeat Mole Man? Or how I do I blood off my uh, yeah uh, off my span? Get over here, scrubs. But then I think of my my favorite runs in comics. My favorite sort of like, and it's weird because we just read two Marvel comics, and I think like I have a, a deep love for like DC characters more now. Like you and I went back and we read all these DC things and Ooh, I feel like statement. We need to talk I about know. that in a future variant too. A I, little bit more I, I think so. But I think for me, when I think of like two of my favorite runs that I've read recently and they're old runs, but that the green arrow run that, that starts with longbow hunters is him and black canary and their relationship together. They move to Seattle. Like he rescues her Start a florist. She has a florist business, right? He has a florist and he, business. <laughs> and he's like, and then it's the triangle with shadow. And that sort of like, does he have a kid from a previous relationship and all that, that love triangle part of it spans this like 60 issues. And then I think of like animal man being one of my like favorite runs and Grant Morrison starts it and it just gets weird, but then it comes back and it's him dealing with his wife and his kids as a superhero. And how do you balance that? And, and, and all of those things in there, those are the things I, those are runs that are, that I love. They are near and dear to my heart because I'm an adult and I have kids and I have, you know, a wife and I go like, Oh, how do you deal with those things that come up in your life when you have this person who's so important to you? How do you balance the importance of that with like, Oh crap, I have to do my job. Uh, or, Oh man, my wife got wrapped up into what I'm doing. How do I t- take care of her in all of those things? Also, and then the job interest. is like how, and in a way, how you kind of can take care of these people, right? you know, financially and things like that. And so it's this real quagmire. Yeah. Real quagmire. But I, I think like, I think that that love story is always really important in comics because it grounds those characters. Right. So Batman without the Bat family is just a vigilante out there running around. He's got nothing to lose. Right. But as soon as he's got a Robin and he's got a Batgirl and he's got all these people around him, he has someone he needs to protect more. Right. He doesn't want to die because then he leaves them alone and unprotected. And I think that that's a really important piece. And with the X-Men, their relationships are what keep them together right it's not just about fighting it's about well, i've got to protect my friend or the person i love and, and and all of that just grounds those characters in a way that like you said before we can relate to that yeah no I, I i i i'm no cynic when it comes to that kind of thing and and and, and i'm i also am always embrace it anytime i see uh you know several panels or several pages devoted to a conversation about you know uh, feelings or or, yeah. or stuff like that. Uh, I don't need plot movement. Sometimes I'm just like, let's make these characters more human. And what's more human yeah. than the ins and outs of relationship? And then I like it, like what we did today, where every now and then, one out of every hundred episodes, they might devote a whole issue to right that particular part of the story. Right. And and you mentioned it earlier. Like I think of like some of those great runs like why the last man and preacher like they have that love story that integral sort of love story woven through it all 
right? Yeah. That that love persists through the road trip and the and the craziness and the wildness. Like that drives characters to keep going. Yeah, it allows you to tell bottle episodes and then give the illusion that that a lot of time it's the same as sitcoms do. Right? Yeah, like we said. Yeah, uh, we mentioned Friends at some point, maybe. I think it was last in the episode. last last episode last we week, mentioned Friends. Oh yeah, yeah. so last week we yeah. mentioned uh, Friends, and it's like oh. It's like bottle, a lot of bottle episodes, but what keeps yeah. it feeling like one giant story is the, you know, Ross and Rachel's relationship. Right. And where they're going. All right. So romance and comic books. Wonderful. It's yeah. got to happen. Yeah. It is a key part to anything. It can't just be fighting bad guys all the time. Um, I think that it, it lends itself to telling more interesting stories. Yeah. Right. It gives you more to the story as opposed to Spider-Man goes out fights crime now it's spider-man goes out and what is he leaving behind when he does it right right right, yeah gene gray and and cyclops get married what does that mean for their relationship when they're out fighting right is is cyclops going to devote more attention to protecting gene gray now is gene gray going to make sure that you know she distances herself from wolverine now that they're married so what what complications does that give to when they go out into to fight, you know, Mr. Sinister or, you know, Magneto? Like, does that relationship now kind of it has clear lines drawn? Does that make it more difficult? Mm. Right. Go back uh, to is, 1994 to find out, people. Is Wolverine less likely to help Scott Summers when he's in need? Not old Wolvie. You know? Not old Wolvie. No, not old Wolvie. He wouldn't do it. He'd set aside his feelings. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for tuning in, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. We've got some more books coming up, uh, and we hope you read along with us. Uh, we're going to get some guests back on the show. we got things to talk about. We had Dr. Dan on a couple weeks ago to talk about Batman, a couple episodes with him where we talked about Batman. We've got romance right now, uh, and uh, who knows what's next? I don't know. Do we know what's next? Yeah, I got, you, got, you got me a list a while ago. Oh, ducks. I think we're going to, we're going to read a, another, we're going to do another indie comic. I'm yeah. pretty excited to read another indie comic. We're going to read ducks, uh, which is about uh, working in the oil fields. The, yeah. Canada, uh, right? So it should, yeah, I believe it's Canada. I mean, where yeah. else are the oil fields if not in Canada with ducks? Yeah. Oil Canada. Uh, and everybody's going to say sorry, and it's going to be great. Uh, it's a very polite comic we're going to read on the next on the next uh, episode. So, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. You can find it on the website, comicexposure.com. The episodes are there. The link to get shirts and all that stuff is there. Thank you for tuning in. You can find us on your favorite podcast app. Rate it, review it, share it, all those things. I think that's it. Travis, anything else? No, just uh, have a good Valentine's Day, people. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day, and we'll see you next trade.